Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He e purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. This week, New Zealand musical Daffodils picks off several generations in one hit. How well do you know your parents? No! <laughs> it's easy to forget your parents were once young, crazy things. Fighting with my family opens its own generation gap. What? It's Dwayne Johnson. How are you? Prove it. If you're some man, what the rock is cooking? Yeah, and I'm Vin Diesel, mate. I'm sorry. And the Lego Movie 2, the second part, has other family issues. Behold the sister sister. Whoa. No woes. Do not give her the satisfaction of woeing this. Ooh. That's even worse. Ah. Stop it! Hello, I'm Simon Morris. A couple of weeks ago, I ran into a film-loving friend and asked his opinion of a recent, famously dark and gritty movie. I don't watch those anymore, he said. I'm only interested in happy endings. And it's hard not to admit he might have a point. Real life is bad enough these days without visiting any more dystopian apocalypses than you have to, surely. I mean, who's asking for these cinematic bad times? Hey, Lucy. I brought you coffee. Coffee. The bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. Oh my goshness, did I interrupt you brooding just now? There's certainly a perception that happy endings, fun and laughter are somehow cheesy. Not just cheesy, but hopelessly immature and unable to be taken seriously. And nowhere is this attitude more prevalent than, well, here. I want to go, you know, before I end up stuck here. For years, New Zealand films seem to have had a phobia about happy endings. Talk about the cinema of unease. Many of our features have an obsession with the dark side. It's like our entire industry has the personality of a moody teenager. Ricky Baker. He is a baddie. A youth court regular. We're hoping that this change of scene will help straighten them out. You hungry? That's a silly question, isn't it? Look at you. <laughs> There's been some light cast in that particular tunnel, thank goodness. Taika Waititi alone seems to have made entertaining cool, cool and profitable. Last year's comedy The Breaker Upper has also did very well at the box office without sacrificing any street cred. Hello, Breaker Uppers. You want to be single by March? Consider it done. Just because we've got gay marriage doesn't mean we need to follow through, you know? I didn't vote for it. You weren't gay eight months ago, Russell. And this week sees a local film that's broken several rules. It's a romance. We don't usually do romances. It's a musical. We never do musicals. And it features three attractive young stars. Are you sure that Daffodils is a New Zealand film? You can go now. 
Well, once you've seen it, you'll realise it is. More of that in a minute. Two more films this week are unashamedly out to entertain. Fighting With My Family is set in a world that nobody takes seriously, apart from the fans. Professional wrestling tells old-fashioned action stories, nearly always with a happy ending, so to speak. Welcome to the tryouts. you got to have the skills. And you have to have the spark. My name is Jerry Lynn, and I am going to blow you. Excuse me? Out of the water. Let's put it together. Let's keep it one. Of course. And speaking of unlikely hits, who would have guessed that a glorified infomercial for Lego building bricks would end up so smart, witty, and, go on, say it, awesome? Now, five years later, can lightning strike twice? Emmett, you've got to stop pretending everything is awesome. It isn't. Yeah, I get it. And that's why I've cultivated a totally hard-edged side that's super tough and... Look! Look! A shooting star! Make a wish! (gasps) Interestingly, the Lego Movie 2, the second part, taps into the idea of the kid from the first movie getting older. Oh no, Emmett now lives in a Lego dystopian apocalypse. Meanwhile, for the slightly more mature set, there's the highly anticipated Kiwi musical Daffodils. Pick me up at six. I look at the sunrise. I want to do things right. I look at a bird. Package. I look into your eyes. Yeah. Reckon it'll make a good lovelace. Definitely got the nest part right. The most surprising thing about Daffodils, apart from the fact that New Zealand has produced a slushy romantic musical, is how heavily promoted it's been. Generally, our films have just enough budget to get made, leaving very little for publicity. Well, not this time. I went to one of dozens of big premieres around the country, and I have to say, the anticipation was palpable. Whenever I Given that Daffodils is an old-fashioned love story illuminated by New Zealand's greatest pop hits, it's not surprising that the screening I went to was mostly attended by women of a certain age, and they were all there for a good time. In other words, I was definitely in the right audience for Daffodils. The story of Eric and Rose spans the years 1966 to about 20 years later, but the songs aren't particularly sight or era specific. She's a mod segues into Bick Runger's Drive and The Dude's Bliss without worrying about historic authenticity. The important thing is whether the words fit the story. Four, fathom, five. Someday I'll lie. Anyway, the story is that Hamilton boy Eric, played by Kiwi Home and Away star George Mason, meets a distraught Rose, Kiwi TV actress Rose MacGyver, in the Hamilton Botanical Gardens. She's wandering among the daffodils. What do you think you're doing? Feeding the ducks. Really? Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. Eric and Rose strike sparks off each other without explaining what either of them are doing there, why Rose is so upset, and why Rose's battle-axe mum is so cross that Eric got her daughter back in one piece. 
Gonna ride. What other options have you got? Come on. Well, we're going to have to get used to not having things spelled out for us, I'm afraid. Anyway, Rose later tracks down Eric working at a record shop, and despite his rather lame taste in music, she asks him out. She's a mother, she's a mother, she's a mother, yeah! Hey. So are you going to ask me out, or...? Your mum doesn't like me that much. She doesn't like anyone. The original Daffodils was a stage cabaret show written by Rochelle Bright, who's adapted it for the screen along with director David Stubbs. And the format they've adopted is to frame it as a narrative by the couple's daughter Maisie, played by local pop star Kimbra. How well do you know your parents? (laughs) It's easy to forget your parents were once young, crazy things. So, since Maisie exists, we have to assume the couple will stay together for some time, since she was clearly born rather later than 1966. But first, Eric drops his bombshell on his and Rose's first date. Like many other Kiwis, he's off on his big OE. How long are you going for? A year or two. Anchor me. No, I'm not sure yet. We follow him to swinging London, where he and Rose write to each other every day to the tune of Counting the Beat for some reason. Then one day Eric calls Rose long distance and pops the question. Rose, I want to hear you say it. Rose, are you going to tell me? Rose. Yes. Well, this is not a particularly novel story so far, but savvy audiences familiar with romantic musicals have clearly got their eyes peeled for a stumbling block or two. So what could possibly stop the attractive couple from staying together and humming several volumes of Kiwi solid gold hits to baby Maisie when she turns up? I pictured something better for you. You didn't listen. Hey! Come on! The answer turns out to be their respective families. Rose's mum, who you remember doesn't like Eric, and Eric's unpleasant father, who spends much of his limited screen time putting Eric down. But these plot devices need rather more fleshing out than they get here. He says, Dad, I've met this bird down by the daffodils. What's up? What are the odds that two generations meet exactly the same place? The trouble is there's nobody else here to speak of apart from the golden couple. They have friends, we're told, but not ones with speaking lines. Their families barely exist, even the ones that are meant to be pushing the plot along. I wouldn't mind, except I was told by Maisie I was going to get some pretty amazing surprises. Everything I thought I knew turned out to be wrong. But how can you hold me? This is a sizeable claim, and it's up to you whether it gets fulfilled. My audience came out reasonably happy, as far as I could tell. But if Daffodils had given them a great big cheesy ending over I Got You, say, or For Today or something, there would have been no reasonably happy about it. It's a musical. It's a romance. It's New Zealand's greatest hits. Give us an unambiguous happy ending, for goodness sake. Nobody will sneer at you, I promise. My name is Maisie. 
And this is my parents' story. Now, if you want to see an example of mad movie mashups, check out the poster for a film called Fighting With My Family and try and imagine a universe that contains all of these elements. Sometimes some of these girls just want to get famous, like cheerleaders, models. I was a model. All right, cheerleader. See you later. There's the massive Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and the idiot from Shaun of the Dead, Nick Frost. There's Game of Thrones arch-villain Lena Headey, and Ricky Gervais's spindly offsider Stephen Merchant. And to one side, two respected young actors, Jack Loudon and Florence Pugh. Somehow the fact it's set in the world of wrestling suddenly makes sense. This dog is about to bite hard. I love it. When I heard it 20 years ago. People liked it in Norwich, so... Yeah, but here they have cable and running water and electricity. (laughs) Now, it's been a while since I dipped into American wrestling spectacular WWE. In fact, when I knew it, it was called WWF. Nothing much seems to have changed apart from there being rather more women in the ring. Back then, they were mostly sinister managers distracting referees outside the ropes. But spectacular WWE events are one thing. At the other end of the market are small-time bouts featuring the likes of Norwich's Knight family. There's Dad and Mum, Nick Frost and Lena Headey, and their kids, Zach and Soraya, who fights under the name Brittany. Oh, wait, I know you. You're from that weird family, aren't you? We're not weird. We don't like wrestling. How do you know if you've never been? I've never had rectal bleeding before, but I'm pretty sure I'm not a fan of that. (laughs) How about I shove her head up your ass and then we can find out? Now, the first thing you need to realise with a wrestling movie is it's about combat, but not about sport. Very few fights are left up to chance, but woe betide anyone calling wrestling fake. Not even Zack's future mother-in-law. So, what sort of people enjoy wrestling? That's a good question. I mean, it's all fake anyway, isn't it? Come again? It's not fake, it's fixed. Yeah, if it was fake, would I have broken half the parts of my body, Death? His left leg bends both ways. There's one dream that keeps young wrestlers like Zach and Brittany going. It's the chance that they might one day get a phone call like this one. Am I speaking to Zach and Brittany? Yeah. My name is Hutch Morgan. I'm calling from WWE. We were very impressed by your tape. In April, we're bringing SmackDown to the O2 in London, and we'd like both of you to come down and try out for us. Hello? Hutch is scouting for talent in Britain, and he invites Zach and Brittany, now renamed Paige, to come and try out. Paige is keen, but Zach is over the moon. This has been his dream forever. That and meeting The Rock face to face. Sorry about that. It's The Rock! We're huge fans. Thank you so much. What advice would you give us? We want to be the next you. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are! Dwayne Johnson is one of the producers of Fighting With My Family and clearly one of the driving forces. As a former WWE star himself, he's not only familiar with the world, but knows what it's like when someone extraordinary comes along. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years? You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist? Please, sir. May I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. Thanks, Dwayne. Got it. 
the original real-life page was that someone, apparently, and Johnson hired his buddy Stephen Merchant to tell her story. Not only write it, but direct it. And Merchant's biggest job is to mix two seemingly opposite flavours together. Good morning, wrestling nerds. Well, this is where we see whether or not you get to go on to WWE. This is our shot, though. Hello. Why do you want to wrestle? I'm the toughest bastard in any room. Probably shouldn't swear, not when there's ladies present. Sorry, miss. Sorry about that. Part Rocky, part Ken Loach, and a comedy. How hard would that be? As it turned out, it was all in the casting. Florence Pugh is better known for drama, the movie Lady Macbeth, and the spy thriller The Little Drummer Girl last year. But she's effortlessly funny as the Norwich girl out of her depth. I call your name. That means you'll be coming with me to Florida. Paige. Thank you all very much. And Vince Vaughan, an actor who's been off our screens for a while, makes an appealing comeback as Hutch, the man from WWE. You have to take my brother. No one deserves this more than Zach. I wish you the best, son. But this is the end of the line for you. Do you know what it's like to want one thing in life? And then your own sister takes it away from you. It was my dream, too. Fighting with my family points out that big-time wrestling bouts aren't about beating your opponents. They're usually fixed. They're about winning over the audience, who never are. What they want is a show, and who they want giving them the show are larger-than-life characters. I have no idea who I'm supposed to be out there. You're not just doing this for you. You're doing it for the family. As Hutch says, it's not just about skill, it's about something extra, the spark. For some reason, Paige had it, and fighting with my family has got enough of it too. Paige, I myself have come from a wrestling family too. I know exactly what it means to you. But don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. If you're not a true wrestling believer, this film is certainly not going to transform you into one. But watching Florence Pugh toss two cheerleaders out of the ring, seeing The Rock give Paige her shot, and enjoying Lena Headey give Nick Frost a great big kiss, this film's got more happy endings than it knows what to do with. What? It's Dwayne Johnson. How are you? Prove it. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Yeah, and I'm Vin Diesel, mate. I'm sorry. The first Lego movie back in 2014 surprised most of us by being funny, inventive and rather better written than it needed to be. It was the work of a new team, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Oh my gosh, I love this song! Everything is Since then, the pair has gone on to produce, write and occasionally direct further Lego titles and along the way pick up a Best Animated Film Oscar this year for the ingenious Into the Spider-Verse. The first Lego movie was an allegory of sorts. Do you stick to the rules or use your own imagination? And now the Lego Movie 2, the second part. A lifetime has passed since the horrific events of Taco Tuesday. Our lives descended into chaos. Things have changed. The real-life kid who owns the Lego set, as before we catch live-action glimpses of him, has gone darker, changing Bricksburg to Apocalypseburg. This clearly suits the vaguely goth character Lucy more than the perennially sunny Emmett, once again voiced by Chris Pratt. I wake up in the morning, wide awake. Good morning! For the day. Hello, cyborgs! What a morning! Good morning, sewer babies! 
Yes, the earworm, everything is awesome, is still around, though, like the rest of the set, it's about to receive a makeover. The Lego world is under siege from an unexpected source, the Duplo Savages. Uh-oh. It knows our every move. Weird, right? Emmett! What? Duplo, I'm reminded, is Lego for little kids, which explains the rather less than terrifying voices of the invaders. They may sound infantile, but they're more than capable of causing mayhem and getting under Emmett and Lucy's guard. Oh, the pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? See, that wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. I'm General Mayhem. Bring me your fiercest leader. Lucy! Damn it. Next thing we know, Lucy and several other characters, including Batman, Superman, Hello Kitty, and I don't know what else, are kidnapped and taken to, wait for it, the Sistar System. Behold the Sistar System. Whoa. No woes. Do not give her the satisfaction of woeing this. By now, the adults in the audience have spotted that, once again, this Lego movie is moving into the metaphoric, particularly when we meet the queen of the Sistar system, a pink Duplo pony called Whatever a Wannabe, voiced by popular comedian Tiffany Haddish. I'm a queen whatever a wannabe. I'm getting super evil vibes here. I could change my form to something else if this makes you uncomfortable. Hey, guys. No, go back. The horse was much more palatable. Actually, Tiffany and many of the other voices are popular in rather more R-rated material than the Lego movie, too. The actual target audience for a Lego film is around 9 or 10, and about now, they were noisily losing interest. You mind if I save your life? Not at all. Who are you? The name's Rex Danger Vest. Galaxy-defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. (laughs) I don't get it. Emmett meets the colourful Rex Danger Vest, also voiced by Chris Pratt, who offers all sorts of Chris Pratt movie jokes about Jurassic Park and Guardians of the Galaxy, which sail over the head of the nine- and ten-year-olds. So now you've got the situation where the adults, who don't have much interest in Lego, are watching a sort of Generation Gap parable about how we all should, you know, get along. Will you help me rescue my friends? You don't want to go anywhere near the Sistar system. It's ruled by an alien queen. Only the toughest are going to get out of there alive. Meanwhile, the small fry who do like Lego and can't wait to get back to playing with their own bricks are being swamped with more Lego than they or anyone else know what to do with. And that's the problem with a story about pure imagination. You. I'm your worst nightmare. You're me when I'm late to school and I forgot my homework and my pants are made of pudding? No, I don't. Ha! There's simply too much stuff here and when that happens, this audience simply ignores what's up on the screen and starts chatting loudly among themselves and making up something better, something with a happy ending. Well, I'm not sure this is that, but it's definitely an ending. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week.